to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. Thank you, Father, that it's your deep desire to commune with us, to transform us. So we just welcome you today. We welcome you, Son. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Father. We welcome all the heavenly hosts here today. Come and minister to every single person today. And I just decree over every heart transformation, that they would leave this place with the most amazing revelation, that things would begin to make sense. There would come an alignment in their thinking. They would truly begin to see and understand how the Godhead functions in their life and flows through their life for transformation. I decree over every person that they are powerful people. They are created in the image of God for success, to transform this world, every single person here today. Father, I pray that you would highlight areas that have been dormant for years that need to be exposed and dealt with so that your glory and your power and your presence and your wisdom can flow freely. So we say yes, Holy Spirit, to your teaching today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory will come in. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. I want you to read this, these passages with me and the context being your life, okay? Lift up your head, O you gates. The heads represent authority that every single one of you have been created powerful in God. You have great authority. God has placed you on this planet to transform this world. Are you listening to me? You are a mighty man or woman of authority. And God is teaching his church how to open gates, access points for his spirit to flow through you. And as you open up your gates, the Lord comes, the King of glory, the powerful one, strong and mighty in battle. There's battles that are going to take place inside of you. Did you hear me today? He's going to battle things that have been sitting there, hidden, hidden, but he's going to come. Hebrews 4 says that the word of God comes to discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart, discerning between soul and spirit, exposing everything that's hidden. And the king of glory is going to come in and he comes into my life and he exposes things that are hidden in the gates of your life that are stopping access from God and the flow of the Spirit through you to other people. So he's coming, the king of glory. So we lift up our head, O you gates, and lift up you everlasting doors and the king of glory will come in. The moment you open up your heart, your life to, the, to God, he will come in. The moment you say, Holy Spirit, flow through me, expose, open up the gates, expose what's blocking the gates, flow through me. The moment you say that, he says, 
I will come in. And when he comes in, he comes as the Lord, strong and mighty. It doesn't matter how long your addictions have been there, how long that mindset's been there. When you let God loose into the gates of your life, the king of glory will come in. I know some of you may be thinking, you don't know how hard this stronghold is. You don't know how long I've been wired this way. I want to introduce you today to the king of glory strong and mighty in battle, who is able to save and deliver. There is nothing that's too hard for God. And you may have heard a whole lot of junk. You may have been popping pills, embracing the ideology of the world. But I want you to know today that God says, I am strong and mighty in battle, and there's nothing too hard for me. Are you listening? No demon that's hiding in those gates, no familiar spirit, no generational curse, no mindset that can withstand. When you open up your heart to God, you open up your gates and you invite the Holy Spirit in, he will come in with his gurney gun and open up that gate. How many people want some Holy Spirit gurney guns today? So it's critical that we understand the process of transformation that leads to the King of Glory coming in and having access to all the gates of our life. And the majority of Christians have no idea about the process of transformation that allows the King of Glory to come in and gives him access to all the gates of their life. Jeremiah chapter 1, God says to Jeremiah, I put my words in your mouth. I've set you over nations and over kingdoms. In other words, God's saying to us today, you have authority. Listen to me. Listen to me. You have authority over the gates of your life. You are not a victim. Should I say it again? You have authority over the access gates of your life. You are not a victim. Doesn't matter how long mindsets have occurred in your family line, you have authority. God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I put my word in your mouth. I've set you over nations and kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy and throw down, to build and plant. Jeremiah, I've given you authority to pull down, to root out everything that blocks those access points, and then to build up and to plant so that my glory may flow through every access point in your life. So don't tell me today I can't do it. Don't tell me it's too hard. Don't tell me I can't change. Don't tell me a leopard never changes its spots. Don't tell me that you always think this way. Don't tell me this is the way it's always going to be. God says, and let God be true and let every man a liar. God says, I've given you authority to pull down and to plan. That sounds like transformation. Hello? Yes. Is anyone happy? Yes. So we're going to learn how to transform ourselves. I think it's slide number. Next slide. Thank you. So what I do is I, I've learned how to present myself to God. And don't get too overwhelmed by all this. It's like, oh, it's so much to learn. It's easy. I want all my teaching to be so easy that a kid can do it. So breathe easy. It's easy. Anyone can do this. Our job is to present ourselves to God. God's job is to transform us. Did you hear that? Your job is 
just to present yourself. I'm going to teach you today how to present yourself to God. Spirit, soul, and body. God's job in the, as we present ourselves is to transform us. Should I say that again? Your job daily is to present yourself to God. God's job is to do the work of transforming you, spirit, soul, and body. You can't do it yourself, but you can present yourself. Romans 6, verse 11. Listen to what it says. Likewise, you also reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. Do not let sin reign in your body, that you should obey its lust. And for many of us, we have thought patterns, emotional patterns, choices that are out of control. We don't have control over our spirit, soul, and body. And Paul's saying, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to lead you in a way where you get control over every area of your life. That's exciting. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your body as an instrument of righteousness. Paul's saying that you have an obligation before God to present yourself, to bring yourself before God so he can transform you. Again, in Romans 12 verse 1, Paul says, I urge you today, brothers and sisters, in view of all the mercy of God, to offer or present yourself, your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So again, Paul's saying that you today have an obligation because of all that God has done to come before him each day and present yourself to God so that he might flow through you. Is this making sense? That's your job today. As you wake up in the morning, Holy Spirit, here I am. I present myself to you. His job is to transform you. Just want to be clear there. Next slide. And I love this because the moment we present ourselves before God, God's going to do an amazing work. You know, the Bible says, and, and Brett and I were talking about this last week, that Jesus said, be perfect as I am perfect. That there's an invitation today from God to you to so do a work in your life of perfection that you function spirit, soul, and body like Jesus did. Yes. That's the invitation. It's not a carrot wangling out there that's impossible. It's not something he's making you, saying you have to do this. It's an invitation into his life where we become perfect spirit, soul, and body. Can you imagine that? Thinking like Jesus, choosing like Jesus, feeling like Jesus, having the same spirit as him, manifesting power and wisdom. That's the invitation today. So it all begins in the revelation of the spirit. And I'm going to unpack this and then pray and show you how I do it. But I call this spirit union. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20 says, Don't you know that you today are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you know that? Think about that. Holy Spirit has made his dwelling place inside of you. It may not look like it to some of you, but he has. The Spirit of God, that same 
As you read the Old Testament, the same spirit that dwelt in the tabernacle, that same spirit as it carried the ark, wherever the ark went, favor would come. That same spirit that would go before Israel into battle and win supernatural battles, that same spirit that would come upon Samson and turn him into a, a giant killer, that same spirit that came upon David and enabled him to slay Goliath. Do you not know today that you... Inside you, put your hand on your chest or your tummy, wherever you feel like it. Inside you lives the Holy Spirit in his entirety. When you get a revelation, a true deep revelation that changes everything, God lives in you. God. 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 John 14 says that, verse 21, that Jesus said that, he would come to us and manifest himself to us. He says in verse 23 that if we would follow his commands, if we would align ourselves with him, he would come into our hearts and he would make his home with us. Do you think about this? The Father, the Son and the Spirit all living inside of us. It's an amazing concept, isn't it? More than a concept, it's an amazing reality that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit dwell within us. Everywhere we go, whatever we do, they're inside of us. They're living, their power, their work, their love. Everything about the Godhead lives in its fullness within us. That is an amazing thing. Why were they boggled by the, Jesus when he walked the earth? He was a man full of the Holy Ghost. That's the same you. Same about you. You are full, full. It's a revelation that I don't know that we'll ever truly comprehend. That the fullness of the Godhead lives in us. And we see ourselves so often as weak, powerless, confused, disappointed, discouraged. When the Godhead lives in us. Someone should say, thank you, Jesus. Next slide. So this, this is really critical in the process of transformation. If you don't understand who is in you and the reality of the Godhead in you, transformation can't happen. So within the spirit, in the reborn spirit, we need to be so conscious of building that, being aware of it. And there, I don't have time to talk about this, but there's so many ways that we can do that. Praying in tongues, which, you know, the enemy has fought Christians for years about. Praying in tongues causes us to be aware of our spirit. It creates a flow of the spirit. There's probably nothing greater for your spirit, man. Jude says that we pray in the Spirit and we build up our most holy faith. It causes us to be aware of another world. And as we pray in the Spirit, it builds up our spirit man, makes us aware. Becoming now that spirit man is what I call a flow of love. And this is the part that we need to tune into every day to present ourselves. So as we present ourselves, we begin in our spirit man and we become conscious of the flow of God's love towards us. Why is this important? Because I was reading the other day that when Jesus rose from the dead, from the grave, 
Peter and John found out about it. And do you know the story that they both ran to see Jesus? And who got there first? Who got there first? Peter and John is the story. Who got there first out of Peter and John? John. What does John represent? John is renowned as the apostle of love. Peter was self-sufficient, self-reliant. And it tells me that love will always outrun good works. Love will always outrun self-effort. Love will always get to Jesus before anything else. Love is the principal thing. Love is what's going to sustain us. God's love for us will sustain us through the process of transformation where he begins to reveal to us things that we don't even like about ourselves. Where you know the Holy Spirit has shown me things in my life that I'm a, that in, in the natural would cause me great shame and guilt. But it's his love that sustains me through that. So we tune into the flow of love and we understand that everything about transformation Everything about it is because our Father deeply loves us and believes in us. And that's what we tune into. And love will outrun everything. Are you hearing me? You can't get transformed without love, without understanding God's unending. Song of Solomon says, I'm dark, but I'm lovely. God sees all the junk in my life, but he's madly in love with me. So I tune into that flow. And then I begin to rest in that. And rest is such an important thing. I begin to rest in his love for me, his government over my life. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted above all the nations, all the problems. So I still myself and I relax in his presence. I allow him to love me and I calm myself down so he can begin his work in me. And from there, the Bible says in Isaiah 11 verse 2, in Revelation 4, 5, in Revelation 5, 6, it talks about the seven spirits of God. And these seven spirits live within you. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And they are just manifestations of God. Revelation 4, 5 says that there are seven spirits that are around the throne of God. Revelation 5, 6 says those seven spirits have come to earth. Isaiah 11.2 talks of out, out, outworks these seven spirits and decrees to us what these seven spirits are in our life. So I begin to communicate to God through these seven spirits, acknowledging their work in my life. And essentially, it's an expression of who God is. So the first one is the spirit of the Lord, who is, which is who God is or what God is. So I acknowledge that his spirit lives in me. We did that at the start. Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So I acknowledge, God, that you live in me, that you said you come and manifest yourself in me, that you'd make your home in me. I welcome you into my life. But there are six others, and it's so important that we acknowledge these and release these through our spirit into our soul and out through our body. The other six are these. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of understanding came upon Daniel. God gave Daniel understanding and wisdom. He had understanding in dreams and visions. That same spirit came upon Joseph, came upon the sons of Issachar, so they would know the, the, how to discern the times and the seasons. So within your spirit, 
you have the spirit of understanding. God will come to you in dreams and visions and mysteries. That's what you have in your spirit, man. Did you hear me? Yeah. You all can dream. You all have visions. You all can receive mysteries because the spirit of God comes as the spirit of understanding and he lives in your spirit. So when I begin to posture myself or position myself or present myself, I acknowledge God's work in my spirit, and I, I say, I welcome you, spirit of understanding, dreams, visions, and mysteries. You are welcome in my life. I give you access to my spirit. Flow through my spirit with dreams and visions and mysteries. I, I, that's what I do. The spirit of wisdom, which is the ability to take the understanding, the dreams, and the visions, and give practical application. So Joseph... He had a dream, sorry, he interpreted the dream, seven years of, um, of plenty and seven years of famine. God gave him a spirit of wisdom so he knew what to do with the revelation. So I welcome the spirit of wisdom in my life. Lord, as you give me mysteries and you show me things to come, that spirit of wisdom comes upon me that helps me to do, to make choices that will fulfill the plans and the mysteries in, that you've given me. Does that make sense? One thing to have a dream, another thing to know what to do with it. So I welcome the spirit of wisdom. See, if you don't do this, you will make soulish choices based on everything. And I'll show you later on. All those gates on the outside, they are access points from the world in. You're either getting your direction from within or from without. You're either making choices about your future and decisions about your future through your natural wisdom and interpretation of the future, or you're accessing God's wisdom and understanding. Is that making sense? Yeah. Yeah. And you all, you all today, when you're born again, have this flow of love that releases the seven spirits of God. You all have an anointing, and you know all things. Is that true? Yeah. I don't know what to do. Well, present yourself before God. Welcome the seven spirits. I don't want to sound kooky, but they're just expressions or attributes of God. Spirit of counsel and might. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us. Spirit of God, spirit of counsel, like our personal coach. He begins to teach us things about our future, about our life, about the way we're wired. He has access to the scroll that's been written. It's very hot and stuffy in here, isn't it? No? Maybe just a bit of fresh air would be great. He gives us access into our personal plan. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that God has fashioned the days. And that literally means that God shapes every day. Listen, he shapes the day with your destiny in mind. Did you hear that? So when you wake up in the morning, God has fashioned this day. So there are things in this day just for you, for your destiny, to unfold it. So we come to the spirit of counsel and we say, Lord, reveal to me in this day things that unlock my destiny. Yeah. Is this making sense? Yeah. As we present ourselves to the Holy Spirit, spirit of counsel. Be my personal coach today. Show me what to do. Spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of might is the miracle, powerful working of God in our life. God, empower me. Cause me, Lord, today, when I come against problems that come against my destiny, empower me, infuse me with spiritual might so I can press through. 
Give me spiritual endurance and perseverance. Where in the past I would have given up, there's a spiritual might that comes upon me that says I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. It's an old song. The spirit of the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord go together. The knowledge of God is... As we, begin, as we welcome the knowledge of God, God begins to show us things about himself. He reveals his attributes, the, way, the ways of God. We begin to connect with how God is feeling and thinking. God, show me your perspective. Open me up to your world, your heart, your mind. And alongside that goes the fear of the Lord because the more you know God, the more there's a holy awe and reverence. Jesus is not just my homeboy. But Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And we, there's a reverence and an awe that comes because we see him in his glory. The more you know about God, the more you sit in awe and wonder and amazement that he truly is the King of kings and Lord of lords. So we position ourselves in our spirit for the spirit of God to begin to move. Amen. Is that making sense? Yeah. You've just now unlocked very simply the way God connects to you in the spirit. The soul gate. Can we have the next slide? I think it's the next slide. So that's great. I've postured myself. God, speak to me in my spirit. Connect with me. Move your seven spirits. Let them, let them flow through my life. I know many of you have done this that the Holy Spirit's given you dreams and visions. That's you engaging spirit to spirit. But the next realm is the, the realm of the soul. And there are gates that we have in our soul, the mind gate, and, and other people have different ways of describing this. I want to keep it simple. But I, I just use the mind gate, the will gate, and the emotional gate. That's enough <laughs> gates for me. Do we have the next slide? And what I've found... There's an unrenewed aspect of those gates and a renewed aspect. And as I begin to then allow the flow of God through my spirit into my soul, I visualize this. I visualize my spirit flowing. It's like a, in my imagination, it's like a, a pump that comes from within. There's a flow that comes out and it, and it flows over the top of my spirit and it flows down into my soul. And into the gates, I visualize him coming to my will gate, my mind gate, and my emotional gate. They're aspects of my soul. And when, when God comes to, when God and I, I should say, come to each of those gates, this is what I find. When it's unrenewed in the mind, I find doubt. You might find these too. Unbelief, denial, false ideas and values. This addiction for approval, you find that on Facebook as well. Cynicism, that's in the church. Vows, coping defense mechanisms, negative memories, polluted imaginations, and much, much more, plus a set of steak knives. You find all those in your mind when you go there. When you invite Holy Spirit into your mind, Lord, as I open up this access point of my mind, the way I think, my, my choices about... Uh, sorry, my, my thoughts about my past, my present and my future. He begins to open up things, thinking that I've had. Lustful thoughts, thoughts of doubt, thoughts of unbelief, 
uh, false ideas, cynicism, thoughts. He begins to reveal these. And, and, and there's so much. And they sit at the gate. Some of them are demonic strongholds and they block the gate. So when the whole, why is this important? Because when the Holy Spirit moves in our spirit and then wants to connect with our mind and reveal himself, there's no access into our mind. And so we don't think the thoughts of God because those gates are blocked. So we have to unblock them so the spirit of wisdom and understanding can flow through the mind gate and we can perceive what God is teaching us. Is this making sense? Or else you can have all the information in the spirit, but if it doesn't flow into your mind, you can't comprehend it. I have the mind of Christ. And if there are things that are blocking that mind gate, I need to know how to deal with that so there's a free flow. But when the mind's transformed, I will find truth. I will find that I think powerful thoughts, thoughts of faith and vision and revelation, thoughts of approval, thoughts that I'm unconditionally loved and valued. That's pretty cool. That's what I'm aiming for. When I visualize the Holy Spirit coming to my mind gate, that is what I want to root out and I want to build up. Is this making sense? You have to present yourself to God for him to do that. It won't just happen by itself. If you ignore this and go on your merry way, and you may read a scripture here, Lord Jesus, bless this day. You will not be transformed, my friend. You will go to, go to your grave with an untransformed mind, with blockages, with demons that have, that have come and they've blocked areas of your mind. And it doesn't need to be that way. Let me just pre, pre what's the word? A precursor to that. Is that the right word? That when you do open up these gates, you will have a battle. I've opened up these gates and I've dealt with things that God has shown me and the enemy starts to fight back. He'll come back with unclean dreams and, and things that, that will... And you know that you've hit a button. You address areas and that night you dream about that area or, or, or else the enemy will come and flood that area. It will take a battle... But the Lord we read at the start in Psalms is strong and mighty. He's the king of glory. And the more you open up the gates, the more the king of glory will come in and expose the lies and the deceptions and the strongholds in those gates and he will set you free. Some of you have been plagued with thoughts for years and years and years and you know they're not from God and God's going to come in and break down those gates and open them up and deliver you from negative thoughts, from thoughts of fear and condemnation and it comes about because you present yourself to God. Some of us just want a quick prick. Pastor, come and pray for me. There's a place for that. But your ongoing transformation will occur because you understand the process of transformation. The will. When I go to my will, I find a whole lot of rebellion. Funny that, isn't it? How many rebellious Christians are there? I'm not asking you to put your hand up. I, was just a, I didn't see that. Rebellion. You know, it's, it's me, Lord. I grew up a rebellious man. Why? Well, there's lots of reasons. Rebellion, stubbornness. I can give you the slide if you want, Brett. Rebellion, stubbornness, willfulness, control, unbelief, they all sit in the gate of the, of the will. That's why when you come up to some people 
and you ask them to do something, you put a bit of pressure on them, all of a sudden you see something flare up. In their will, they have strongholds, they have demonic influence over the gate of their will that says, don't tell me what to do. That's why you can say to 20 people, this is what I want you to do, and 19 do it, and the other one does the opposite on purpose. Why? Because there are aspects of their will that are closed, that are unredeemed, that have never been exposed to the presence of God. And this is what you're going to do. You are going to go to your will. I'm going to show you how I pray, and it's going to be opened up for the Holy Spirit, where you'll say, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. I delight to do your will. It's a free will. It's a will that's been transformed. Amen? So self-control, trust, surrendered, it's governable. I don't know if that's a word, but I've used it anyway. It's a will that's, that perseveres. It doesn't quit. Some of you have had wills where you try something and it doesn't work out and you quit. That's an unredeemed will. Did you hear me? It's an unredeemed will. Oh, what's the point? See, your will needs to be transformed where you don't quit. You persevere under the trials and you see the prize. It's an unredeemed will. Where I say I delight to do your will, the emotions. You will discover in your emotions bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, fear, anxiety, disappointment, despair, unloved feelings, misunderstood feelings, feelings of shame, guilt, and lust. They're all there for some of us in the gate of our emotion. And we wonder why we find it hard to walk in the authority that God has given us. Because at the gates of our soul are all these suckers sitting there closing up the gate and restricting the flow of the spirit that should go from our spirit through our soul out through our body to the world. Is this making sense? So, can we go back to that slide before or the one after? What's the one after? That'll do. So, I begin to pray and I release the Spirit of God into those gates. I ask the Holy Spirit to hover over those gates. In Genesis 1-2, it says, tells us that the earth was void and dark. It it wasn't functioning in God's intention. And the Holy Spirit came over and hovered over the waters or literally vibrated over the waters. Listen, don't miss this. And as he vibrated over the waters, the waters came into alignment with the purpose of heaven. And there was harmony. When there are things out of order in your world, the Holy Spirit will come and hover and vibrate over those areas. And that's why sometimes when you see people getting prayed for and they begin to shake, what's happening? God's aligning them back to his purpose. There's a vibration happening where, and this will often happen, and it doesn't have to happen all the time, but as I invite Holy Spirit into that gate, and I, he shows me things that are wrong in that gate, I, I say, Holy Spirit, hover over that gate and bring alignment. And often, not always, but often my body will begin to vibrate and shake as God's realigning me back into his purpose. Is this making sense? He's actually renewing the gate. So I think and I feel different and I choose different. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to invite him to do that over our gates. We're going to rene- See, as we go to those gates, it may be the will gate. that There's rebellion there. We renounce 
We take ownership. See, if I've got a rebellious will, I bet it was not my fault, Lord, it's my father. No, I take ownership of a rebellion. So, Lord, it's my rebellion. It's not the world's fault. It's my, it's me, it's me. My, I take, it's my rebellion. I know things happen, but I chose to be rebellious. I own it. It's my lustful thoughts. It's my anger. It's mine. So if you don't take ownership, God can't heal what you don't own. If it's your dad's problem, then let God heal your dad. But if he reveals to you you've got rebellion and you take ownership of it, and then you renounce it, you ask the Holy Spirit to come and hover over that and bring those rebellious thoughts, those rebellious will into alignment with his. So I delight to do his will. My will and his will are aligned together. Heal my will. And then let your spirit flow through that gate and let there be life. So now I'm making choices that are godly choices. Is that making sense? You have to do that in all of the gates of your life. If you are a mechanic, you will understand this. You have to tune your engine. You can't just put petrol in and drive your car for the next 40 years and expect that nothing's going to go wrong. As a human being, you have to tune yourself spirit, soul, and body, or else you will splutter and get poor economy. And all of a sudden, we have fits of outrage and anger and disappointment. We wonder where that came from because you didn't present yourself. I didn't present myself to God. And we wonder why things go out of whack. We wonder why we're not really living powerfully. Why when we look at the church, it's not powerful as it should be. Why? Because we haven't taught ourselves how to be transformed. So I want to give you an example. This, and the great thing about this, you can do these in combinations. You can do these in a series. And I'm going to show you how I do that in my prayer life. This particular time, I'm going to use the theme of hope, okay? Because God spoke to me some time ago about hope. Andrew, you're the pastor of Hope City Church, and you don't have much hope. I said, God, that's a problem, isn't it? He said, yes, it's a problem. <laughs> your hope level's really low, and I want to build it up again. And I'm the God of all hope. In, your, in my spirit, man, Andrew's spirit man, there's the God of all hope. The Holy Spirit overflows with hope, Romans tells us. So there's lots of hope there. So you need to go back to your spirit man and receive hope and be aware that there's hope there. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to release it through our soul and, and allow it to touch all the gates of our body, our, our mouth, our ears, our eyes, our taste and our touch. Okay, can we do that? Yeah. All right. So why don't you just close your eyes if you want. Just don't fall asleep. And I'm going to pray. And you can just follow along. You can listen. You can even pray with me in your area. Let's see how we go. Is that all right? Just I'll pretend I'm back at home. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I open up my spirit to you today. I thank you that you love me. And I welcome all the spirits, the spirits of God in my life today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the spirit of unending hope. There's always hope. 
You never lack hope. And so I receive of that flow now of your hope in my spirit. My spirit is full of hope today. Now, Lord, I just release your hope through my spirit into my soul to go to every gate of my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions to tear down and to build and plant. So, Lord, I release your spirit of hope to the gate of my mind. And, Lord, you see there's hopeless thoughts that I've had about my past, my present, and my future. There's hopeless thinking that I've had. And I renounce those thoughts of hopelessness that nothing would change. It's always going to be the same. You can't trust people. I renounce those thoughts. I take ownership. They're my thoughts that I've had. And I've nurtured those thoughts unknowingly at times in my heart. And they've built up and, and they've closed that gate. So now when opportunities come, when hope is all around me, I can't see it because my mind has been blocked to hope. So I ask right now that you'd make me so aware of every thought that's full of hopelessness, that you would reveal that and expose it. And I might take the time just to allow God to show me what they are. I take ownership of them and I renounce them now, Lord. I renounce them. They don't belong. They're not part of the mind of Christ. They don't belong in me. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come over my mind gate. You would hover over it and you would bring it into alignment with the kingdom of heaven so I have a mind, the mind of Christ. Realign my mind full of hope right now. And I would just take time to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit over the gate of my mind. Open up that gate. Tear down every hopeless thought. Everywhere where the enemy has got a foothold and he set up lies. Pull it down like Gideon, Lord, as he pulled down these fathers, idols. Pull it down now, Father. I ask in Jesus' name. Lord, I come over to my, to my will. I've chosen to be hopeless at times. I've chosen hopeless thoughts. I've been stubborn when there's been hope all around me. And I know that things, good things are happening. I've refused to acknowledge them. I've stayed in my pity. I said, nothing changes. It may look like it's changed, but they'll go back to the way they were. And I've chosen that and I've been stubborn and rebellious. And I own those thoughts today. And I ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would hover over my will and bring it into alignment with the will of heaven. I surrender my will to you. Tear down every stronghold of rebellion and stubbornness that would come and defy hope. And Holy Spirit, I now open up the gate of my emotions to you. Hopeless emotions have plagued me, Lord. Feelings of discouragement and doubt. And I wake up in the morning and I feel it's just hopeless. And I feel like a dark cloud comes over me. And you've exposed that air and you said, Andrew, I don't want you to live that way. Lord, I pray that you would... I, I just renounce those feelings. They're not my feelings. They come, they, they come... They come from the enemy. They don't belong in my soul. And so I ask now, Lord, that you would hover over my emotional gate and bring it into alignment with heaven. 
Now I present the gates of my body. Lord, you see where I've looked at things in the natural and I've, I walk into a room and with my natural eyes I see hopelessness. I renounce that, Lord. Heal my eyes, Lord. Over my ears, Lord, over the, the ear gate, I've heard things, I've heard people say things and I've embraced the hopeless lifestyle. I renounce that and I ask that you would heal my ear gate. And obviously I'm going through this quickly now, but I would spend time on this. Lord, I've touched things. I've prayed for people. And before I've even prayed and touched them, I've, I've thought in my heart, this is hopeless. And I renounce that and I ask, Holy Spirit, you would heal my touch so when I touch people, there's great hope. Lord, over my, my nose and over the smelling, Lord, there's been a fragrance of hopelessness that I've embraced. I renounce that, Lord. Heal that, I pray. Over my mouth, Lord, I've spoken words of hopelessness. I've consumed hopelessness. And I renounce that and I'd ask that you would heal that. And as I go through that process, I just see the Holy Spirit healing the areas, exposing the areas. And I might just do one gate at a time because it can be overwhelming. I might just choose the mind gate and spend 15, 20 minutes and just thoughts of hope or hopelessness that God reveals. And then once I've done that cleansing and the tearing down, I go back to my spirit and I say, okay, Lord, now would you build hope? So I go back to my mind and I release the spirit of hope, the spirit of might, the spirit of counsel. I release your spirit into my soul, into my mind, and I see your Holy Spirit building strongholds of hope that whenever I think about you and about your kingdom and about my future, about my past, my present, my future, it's filled with great hope. I strengthen the gate of my mind with hope. It's strong. I am hope-filled in my mind and my thoughts. And then I go through each gate. I then also look at combinations. I look at my mind and maybe my eyes. And, and, I, and I might not have a theme, but I just use my mind and my eyes. And Lord, show me how my mind and my physical eyes are relating to each other. Are my eyes affecting the things that I think? Am I looking in the natural at things that are affecting the way I think? And if that's the case, Lord, show me what I'm looking at. Heal my natural eyes so that I would only look and perceive the way that you look and perceive so it wouldn't damage my mind gate. So I, I connect the two together and you can do it with your will and your eyes, your will and your ears. You can combine the two together and spend time asking the Holy Spirit, how do these two work together? Where are there areas of blockage that I need to root out things or allow you to root out? How do I build strength? How do I release my spirit man into my soul and into my natural gates of my body to bring healing? And as I do that, and I wait on the Lord, he begins to minister to all those gates. And as I said, I do one or two at a time, and that's enough for a session. And then I find afterwards, maybe the day later, that the enemy comes and he, there's backlash and he begins to operate in those areas. So I just repeat the process again, and I rebuild strength, and I, I feel myself 
getting stronger in those areas, those gates. Amen. You can open your eyes. Did that make sense? You can do that in your bed at night. You can just allow the Spirit of God to flow through your spirit. Take time first to connect in your spirit, man. Acknowledge all the different realms of God because, see, the spirit of might may be needed to break through over the area of your will because it's stubborn and rebellious. So I release the spirit of might to break down rebellion. I renounce, for some of you, there are things that have happened as a young kid that have caused you to be rebellious against authority. And even when I mentioned it before, things began to hackle up. That means there's, there's some blockages in the gate of your will. So you just release Holy Spirit to hover over that. You renounce that and say, Holy Spirit, minister to my rebellious will. Heal it and restore it so my will is strong in the Lord makes right choices. Amen. Does that make sense? So let's just keep going. We're almost finished. Let's just go down a few more slides. We're going to pray for the mind, the will, and the emotions before we finish today. You can use that process every single day. It doesn't need to take an hour. You can do this in five or ten minutes. But it's something that every Christian needs to do in their life. Can we keep going? Next slide. Okay. Why don't we pray this together over our mind? Lord, I give you my mind. You just repeat after me. Lord, I give you my mind. I repent of and renounce. Say it nice and loud. Doubt, unbelief. Just repeat after me. Cynicism and denial. I ask you to cleanse me of all false doctrine, thoughts and ideas. Use my mind to receive, comprehend and distribute your thoughts and ways. Next slide. I ask you to heal all my negative memories so I see my past like you do. I ask you to purify, restore, and reprogram my mind with your truth and with your values so I see this day as you see it. I give you my imagination. I repent of and renounce viewing any image that has polluted me. Purify and restore my imagination, my vision and revelation, so I see my future like you see it. Now the emotion gate. These are just prayers that you can pray over each gate. I give you my emotions. I repent of and renounce all unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, fear and anxiety, shame, guilt and disappointment. 
I ask you to purify and restore my emotions so I may feel your heart and express your emotions. Thank you for doing that, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing our emotions. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're flooding through our emotional gate, bringing, Lord, just your values of joy and peace. Lord, I know in my life there's times when I get angry and I fly off, I get discouraged and I feel that my emotions are, Lord, just out of control and I give that to you, Lord. Lord, hover over my emotions, I ask, Lord. Transform my emotions. Lord, that your authority might come through my emotions. And the next slide, our will gate. I give you my will. I repent of and renounce all sin, rebellion, stubbornness, willfulness and control, fear, doubt, unbelief and indecision. I ask you to purify and restore my will. So my will surrenders freely to your will. I choose to be teachable and leadable to you and those you have placed in my life to care and lead me. So do that, Lord, in our wills. Our will, Lord, let it be shaped and pliable. Let it be strong. Hover over our will gate and bring alignment, Lord, to areas that are out of a line. Stubbornness. When we know we're wrong and yet we refuse to admit it. Align that, Lord. So we freely, Lord, submit one to another. So we, we stop contention before it, be, before it gets out of control. We align our will. Holy Spirit, right now, hover over our will and redeem it, change it, restore it. In Jesus' name. And our last slide. Father, I open my spirit to your love and life. What? Consume me. I present myself for transformation. I open to you the gates of my life. Flow through me, King of glory. Administer through me the rule of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So why don't you lift up your hands now. Father, I thank you for practical keys of transformation, that you want to come and make yourself so strong in our spirit, all the spirits of God, all the things, all the attributes that we need to live in authority. Lord, it's all there in our spirit, man. We thank you and we acknowledge the resources of, of the Trinity that are in our spirit, man, that are more than equal to every ideology, every mindset, every demon, every wrong thought, 
every curse, every addiction that would set itself up in the gates of our soul and our body. You are more than enough. And I release the king of glory that resides in our spirit into every gate of the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions to heal and set free, to root out and to build. I command in the name of Jesus every stinking demon and lie that sits at the gates of the hearts of God's people. I say, be gone in Jesus' name. I root out in Jesus' name. Every foul attachment and lie that has been hidden, hidden for years in the soul of God's people. And I say right now that the word of God is coming and it reveals everything that is hidden and it brings it to the light. And so we bring to the light everything that does not belong in our soul. And we say right now, be exposed, be dealt with and flee in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that in that place that there would be built up in the name of Jesus in every gate of the soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when our spirit man connects with your spirit man, there would be a harmony between the spirit and our soul. It would come into unity and authority shall flow for there shall be nothing that would block the flow of our spirit. We truly will see your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you, Father. And I pray now for the body, for our body is the dwelling place of the spirit. Over every gate, over our mouth, what we consume, what we speak, over our eyes, our ears, what we touch, what we smell. We present our bodies to you as a living sacrifice. Lord God, over every gate of our body, we pronounce the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That there would be harmony from body to soul and body to spirit. There would be a tremendous flow in our body. There would be an alignment and a harmony. We would feel our bodies coming into alignment with our spirit man. I thank you, Father, for this tremendous gift that you've given us, our body that houses our soul and spirit. We honor you in our body, Lord, for it is the dwelling, it houses your presence. So we surrender these gates. And I break every addiction. I break every exaggeration that comes out of the mouth of God's people, every lie that comes out of the mouth. I break the things that come into the mouth of God's people. And I proclaim the Lordship of Jesus Christ over our mouths, over our ears, what we hear, what we consume with our ears. I just break every demon that would come and speak into our ears that would cause us to hear things that damage our soul. I speak out of our eyes that nothing worthless will come before our eyes. We will not consume the things of this world, but whatsoever things are lovely and good report, things that are praiseworthy, we would behold. We would behold your beauty, Lord. We would see others as you see them, Lord. We would not see people as objects, we see people created in your image. Lord, when we touch things, life would flow. We would not touch any unclean thing. But Lord, we would release life. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, over our nose, let there be such a, a quickness, Lord, to, to understand the fragrance of heaven. 
that we would not involve ourselves in things that pollute the fragrance over our life. Let there be a sweetness over our life in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, transform every person here today, spirit, soul, and body, for this is your will to be perfect as you are perfect. Do that work in our lives in Jesus' name. Some of you, as you pray these prayers during the week, things are going to come up. It's okay. Just keep going. Keep, remember, your job is to present yourself. God's job is to transform. And if the enemy pushes back, just present yourself again. For he is the king of glory, mighty in battle. And I just see a mighty transformation coming to God's people. For this is the hour where he's removing stumbling blocks, preparing his bride for the greatest outpouring of his spirit. And God's saying, I'm doing a quick work. I'm aligning my people with my heart for this day, says the Lord. And if you would open up your heart to me this day, I will do a quick work in your life. And I will prepare you for such a time as you live in. This is the hour, this is the day again that God is calling his people. Peter says judgment begins at the house of the Lord first. And that judgment isn't a condemning judgment. That's like the judgment that judges between right and wrong, bringing God's people back into alignment. So we say, Lord, judge every area, every gate of our life. Bring us back into alignment with your kingdom, your purpose in Jesus' name.